With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, it's Adam and Jill, and we have a little bit of a different Thursday episode for you today. We're really excited to be on the phone with Jansen Bradshaw, who is the creator of EverydayReading.com a very, very popular blog, as well as an incredible Instagram account and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, She wrote a phenomenal article all about Libby, Overdrive's one-tap reading app. And so, because we like finding people who like (laughs) Overdrive and Libby, we wanted to talk to her. So we're going to dive into a whole bunch of stuff today. But first off, Jason, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. This is so fun. So the first thing I want to do is I want to make sure people know where to find you and what it's all about. So can you maybe give everyone a little bit of an introduction to your blog and sort of how it got started and and what you do on there and all of that good stuff? Yes, absolutely. Um, So I've been blogging at Everyday Reading, and it's um, uh, everyday-reading.com since late 2006. So it's like a grandma blog at this point (laughs) in the internet years. Um, And I started it um, just before I started grad school. I was going back to school to get a master's in library and information studies. um, And I was planning to be an elementary school librarian, which is what I did after I graduated. So my blog from the beginning was a place for me to record the books that I was reading. And um, after I graduated and was working and then had my own children, um, recommending ways for parents to involve their kids in their reading life and uh, books to read with your kids and how to make books a part of your family culture, um, which is how I grew up in a family of serious readers. And that was something that was really important for me with my own children. Man, I, I'm scrolling through. By the way, the first thing, depending on when people listen to this, the first thing on your blog right now is this recipe for these chocolate peanut butter energy balls I'm like I was I'm like literally salivating while you were talking it looks so phenomenal there are definitely other things on there besides just books I do um you know recipes and you know travel ideas for kids we lived abroad in London for a while with our two oldest girls but so there's definitely a variety there it's amazing uh so you mentioned that before you started this you were planning on being a a school librarian what made you kind of want to be in that world other than like you said kind of growing up in a world surrounded by books all the time well obviously I love books Um, I also I'm one of those people that loves organization and um, structure Uh, you could just ask my children all about that (laughs) and um, so you know being a librarian is really appealing to me of that opportunity to kind of grow a collection and decide what books you're going to buy. You know, when I uh, took over the school library that um, I I worked at, the librarian before me had been there for about 30 years, and she was awesome. But, you know, she was kind of an old school librarian, so 
there was not a single graphic novel in the whole collection. So that was really fun for me to start building up that part of the collection and um, engage readers that had not really found anything in the library previously that spoke to them. And, you know, that was one thing that was really fun for me. So was there something specific? I mean, so as a school librarian in elementary school, it's, you know, these younger kids. So was that sort of the appeal, the fact that they hadn't really been exposed to too many books before and you kind of had this these fresh um, readers available to help? That is really fun. Um, you know, one of the things that I find challenging with my blog and, uh, you know, adults is that, you know, somebody will say, oh, you know, can you tell me something to read? And I don't know what they've read. And, you know, I might recommend <laughs> 10 books and they've already read nine of them. Your odds of doing that with a first grader are way lower. Everything <laughs> is good and exciting. Like, oh, little doll, I've never heard of them. You're just like the most amazing person ever to hand me a Charlie Factory. You're like, yes, thank you. Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, man. Just imagining some little kid being like, wait, so this Seuss guy was a real doctor? (laughs) Exactly. Um, For people who are kind of interested in getting into blogging, my co-host Jill over here has a wonderful blog as well. I feel like people might not understand how much goes into this. Because if you were to tell someone, oh, I, you know, I run a blog for, you know, for my, for a lot of my life, like they might think it, there's just you write a 300-word post and you go about your day, but can you maybe explain to people how much goes into every one of these posts? Because you have a ton of stuff here. Yes. Uh, at this point, I think I have about 2,800 posts on my blog. And then, of course, Instagram is like thousands more posts where I you know, I do more picture book recommendations over there You because know, usually I don't necessarily need to write 300 words about a 40-page picture <laughs> book. Um, but... Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'd say every I update everyday reading um, pretty much five days a week, you know, Monday through Friday, and have for the last 12 years, and almost every post takes at least an hour and sometimes two or three. I mean, the Libby post that you mentioned earlier, I mean, that was um, oh, probably more like three to five hours mm-hmm. of, you know, kind of collecting questions from my readers, figuring out how I want to format it, going through and making sure I had all the you know, write answers to some of the things that I didn't necessarily know off the top of my head, taking photos for it, linking to the right thing, um, and then following up when people had questions. And, you know, if you've looked at the comments, there were a lot of comments on that post that came in over the first couple of days and then have come in since then that I was trying to answer with questions I didn't necessarily know the answer to. So absolutely 100% yes. You know, I had many friends over the years probably like you with your blog, who are like, oh, I think I'm going to start a blog. It looks really fun. And it is really fun. But it's also, I mean, it's not like a quick hobby to take up because you have 15 minutes an evening to burn after your kids are in bed. I mean, it's definitely a lot of work to keep it going. It is a lot of work. And especially with the photos, that's always the most challenging part, I think. And your photos are, your photos are on point. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. What? As a miniature photography nerd, I have to. I, were you taking photos before, like before you did the blog? Because I mean, these are fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, I was not. I didn't do. I'd probably taken five photos, you know, in the last ten years before I started my blog. So not at all. And then about four or five years in, um, 
my husband bought a DSLR, and so I started using it a little bit here and there. And, you know, then photography on blogs really took off with Pinterest and all of that, you know, it just became such a visual platform. So I had to really up my game. So I've, you know, taken some classes, and, you know, of course, the best thing, like everything, is just to practice a ton. And blogging five days a week gives you a lot of opportunity to practice a lot, so that's helped. And then I actually work with a professional photographer now a lot of times. So the photos for Libby I took um, when I did that post, but and my food uh, posts, I almost always do my own photos, but any of the lifestyle photos, um, I have a photographer that comes in and takes those, and she does such a much better job than I could do. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of assume that you're working with someone in the pictures that, you know, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but man, some of these pictures of your children are so stinking adorable. I like I can't oh, thank you. get over it. Um, so I don't want to be like I don't want to ask the lazy question of like where do you get your ideas? But blogging five times a week, I'm just gonna ask like how like do you have a an editorial calendar for yourself in advance? Or? Oh yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. So is, is it? I mean, I know I'm I'm sure at this point. A little bit here and there are you know come from sponsors and things like that but like what like how do you go about planning out things like are you you know working on you know if you do something with your children like take them to a zoo or something are you do you always have in your mind like okay what can I write about this sort of thing or I guess like maybe just take us through how you plan out an editorial calendar for yourself Totally. Um, and so, yes, after 12 years, I'm kind of always have blogger brain, you know, how could this be a post? What could I write about this? What would the pictures look like? Um, I sort of have, you know, on a, a weekly basis, you know, I try to do book content twice a week. So that might be a book list, you know, um, earlier in the summer, I did a, a post that was our favorite activity books, you know, which seems kind of relevant for car trips. So um, something like that might be a dedicated book review of a book that I've loved and want to talk about in depth. Um, it might be something that's more technical, like using Libby or um, story podcasts that my children listen to that we've really liked as a family. Um, how, you know, how to work books into a bedtime routine, some sort of book content like that. About twice a week, I try to do one recipe a week. And then um, Monday and Fridays are usually um, either sponsored posts or um, more family lifestyle post traveling or um, home projects, you know, sort of th those are kind of the bookends. Um, and then one of the big places that I actually get my ideas, one of the interesting things about blogging and kind of life in general, I think, is that you know what you know and it seems kind of obvious to you. Um, but then you find out, oh, other people don't know this. And so I have a um, free email course um, that I launched uh, last year called Raising Readers. And it's a five-day free email course with different ideas for reading with your kids, book recommendations. How to, there's one whole day that's all about audiobooks. Um, and that's been very successful and really fun. I've had thousands of families sign up for those. One of the things, actually, I love is when grandparents sign up and they email me and say, you know, I babysit my, you know, three-year-old grandson twice a week, and I want to make sure that he learns how to love reading, and I want to make sure I find great books from him. That is so cute to me. But I get tons of you know, in my email, in the first day of the email course, I say, you know, let me know what questions you have or what you're most worried about with your kids reading or um, questions and ways I can help you. And I get so much feedback there for ideas for posts that I never would have 
um, come up with on my own. Um, in fact, a lot of my audiobook content this past year has been based on all the questions I get, like, how do your kids listen to things? What apps are you using? Which is, you know, why I did this whole one about Libby, because I was getting so many questions about that. Um, so that's a lot of my book content. So if I get a lot of requests for a certain kind of book list or things that people are looking for, say, board books about vehicles or list of flat books that aren't going to fall apart the first time your child reads them or, you know, teen romance novels that are clean for 13-year-old girls, you know, as I start to get more of those, then I recognize the kind of content that I could create on my blog that's going to be useful. And of course, that, you know, one, I know then my audience is looking for that. And then two, I know that down the road, more people are going to send me those same emails and then I have a post to send right to them that makes my life easy and hopefully is helpful to them. I'm just loving the idea of a list of flat books that <laughs> will like stay intact. <laughs> so there's that problem well, with really flat books. <laughs> Um, I have not found any yet that are 100% indestructible. <laughs> we just left one on our last road trip. You know, our baby is about 16 months old and just gets so bored in the car. And so we handed her a board book and it kept her pretty happy for about 30 minutes, but it was definitely in pieces by the end. Uh, yeah. So I take it then that your kids are big readers. That seems like kind of an obvious thing. Yeah, um, they really are. You know, I've kind of wondered, you know, it's hard to say is that, you know, my kid, is that nature? Is that nurture? I don't know. But yes, all four of my kids love books and reading. Um, only my oldest daughter reads independently right now. She's just going into third grade. And then my um, next one is just about to go into kindergarten. So she's starting to read on her own. But, you know, she's not a fluent reader yet. And then my three-year-old, one-year-old, obviously not. But they all love being read to and looking at books on their own. And obviously, that's just a big part of our family life. So then being younger, you have at least a few years before your oldest starts getting really, really angsty and annoyed with you taking pictures of her reading all the time. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I, have to, I have to say, by the way, you were talking a little bit earlier about getting feedback from your readers about new posts. I think something that's made, that, you know, one of the many things that's made your your blog and, and your Instagram so successful is really is like I you do the extra work of interacting with people and actually responding to things. I mean, like you mentioned the Libby post, like you went in there and responded to every single comment you had about things and helped clarify questions and stuff. I mean, I feel like that's something else that people need to understand. Like as you get more popularity and more readership, it's essential to really interact with people and, and make them, you know, make them feel like it is a, a, a two way communication street. Absolutely. And that's been really fun. You know, um, my husband and I have been married about 12 years and we've moved, we were just counting the other day, like 11 times in that 12 years. And so, um, you know, that online community has been very important to me as we've kept moving and, you know, having to make new friends and find a new community every time to have kind of this stable online one that wherever we move, you know, I always have, you know, these people that are there, you know, ask me questions and they know who I am and my kids are and I have learned lots about them over the years and so you know that community has been so uplifting and helpful to me over the last you know decade plus and so it feels like very small thing to want to interact and give back to them because they've just given me a lot. I feel like we have to get some book recommendations from you um so (laughs) First, I would love if there's maybe a few 
you know, picture books or children's books that you really loved this summer. And then maybe after that, we can ask you about some potential adult or, or books that you actually read when there isn't a child on your lap. But what are some of the, <laughs> what are some of the, the kids books that you guys have enjoyed so far this summer? Um, we ha- well, you know, this is not new this summer, but the book with no pictures is just one of my all time favorites. It's so good. It's so I good. think that one is so, so fun. Um, and my baby has just really started getting into um, books in the last, you know, couple of months. Um, you know, not really till she was about one when she had all interested. So I have read um, Dear Zoo probably 7,000 times this summer. Um, when I look back on this summer, it will definitely be the summer of Dear Zoo over and over and over again. Um, and then, let's see, what are some other picture books that we have really enjoyed um this summer i'm trying to think of any ones that are kind of new they don't even they don't even have to be this summer they could just be ones that that your kids have really loved they i use this summer but we're really only in the middle of july so (laughs) okay well that's good no um one that i've just uh recently discovered and loved is thank you earth and i i'll be the first to admit that i definitely gravitate toward not or toward fiction um, picture books more than nonfiction, um, but this one is such a beautiful nonfiction book um, about all the different kind of things in the world, and it just has these spectacular photographs of animals and coastlines, and they're just taken from really amazing angles. Um, it is just the most gorgeous book. If you've been on that ride at Disneyland or Disney World, touring um, over the world. This book feels like that to me, like just seeing the coolest things on the planet Earth. Um, and you don't even have to stand in a line for it. <laughs> so that's one that we really love. And then um, also, I'm a huge Molly Idol fan who did um, Flora and the Flamingo and Flora and the Penguins. Um, but she has a book out that I, I believe it's pretty new, at least it's new to me this summer, um, she is the illustrator. It's got a different author called People Don't Bite People. And it's just this, like, really catchy, you know, she does just those happy, bright illustrations. And then the text is this really funny rhyme about how people don't bite people and all the things that people do, all the things people do bite. So bagels and cake and, <laughs> uh, you know, all these other things. And uh, my three-year-old especially has really gotten a huge kick out of that. But it's so catchy that my husband and I, even when our kids aren't around, like, find ourselves repeating, you know, these these funny lines from this book. That's oh, hysterical. That is <laughs> fantastic. Oh, man, that's so good. I Okay, so you mentioned when your kids aren't around and the rare times, like, how do you find time to read for yourself? Like, there are there tips for that you would offer to people who maybe are crunched for time? Like, how do you get any reading in for yourself? That's so funny because I actually just wrote a post like two weeks ago about about fitting in more book reading. Um, so you know, I'm already now to share my tips because of this post. <laughs> um, but so you know, one of one of my biggest hacks, of course, is audiobooks, you know, because I have four kids, so I do a lot of laundry, and I do a lot of dishes, and so if I can, and those are not chores that I'm super thrilled about doing, but mm-hmm. if I'm listening to something good, I'm like, wow, I could pull another load of laundry and, uh, you know, be productive while <laughs> I listen to another chapter or two of this, so that's always a huge help for me. Um, one of the ones that works for me, and I know it doesn't work for everybody, is that um, I like to have 
several books going at one time. You know, if you decide, like, I'm going to read War and Peace, that that might take you a while to get through. And there might be times where if you were reading something else, you'd be like, oh, I could read for 10 minutes. And you're like, do I really want to read War and Peace right now? So for me, it, it works well to have three or four books going. So I might have sort of kind of a fluffy beach weave going and then maybe some nonfiction book, maybe a classic. I mean, let's be honest, probably less likely to be a classic and more likely to be one of those first two. But if I have, you know, a combination going, whatever I'm kind of in the mood for, I have something like that. Now, I know some people have a hard time switching between books, but for me, it works really well to get more reading in if I have three or four books going at a time. I might have one on my bedside table. I might have one that I'm reading on my Kindle. I might have one that I, you know, keep in my bag. Um, so that kind of wherever I am, I have something to read. So that works for me. Um, one of the other things that I always tell people is, you know, nobody nobody ever says, gee, I just can't find any time to fit in Netflix, you know? <laughs> Everybody can find time for Netflix if there's a show you want to watch because it's fun. And so if you're reading something that's fun, it is ridiculous how much time you'll find to read. So one of the books that I have been just like talking about pretty much nonstop on Insta Stories for the last year is... Um, that series called To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han. Mm-hmm. There's a Netflix um, show coming out of it. Or not show, I mean, Netflix movie coming out uh, August 17th for it. But it's just such a fun series. And, you know, it's a young adult series that's just really delightful. I've read the whole series multiple times. I just really love it. <laughs> but I've had so many people send me messages saying, you know, I haven't read a book. I haven't had, you know, I have two kids, five kids, whatever, work full time. I haven't read a book in five years, but you kept talking about these incessantly. And I picked it up and read the whole series in a weekend. <laughs> if it's something fun to read, you will find that time to read. So if you feel like I can't find any time to read, probably because you don't have anything fun to read. That's my personal opinion a lot of the time. That's, I love that. Yeah, that's so, so true. I mean, we talk about audiobooks all the time. I, at the moment, I have about an hour drive to and from work and I also run and walk my dogs and you're absolutely right when it comes to audiobooks if you're listening to a good audiobook especially with a good narrator I find myself even if I've even if I've been in the car like an hour I still will sit in the in like in my garage and be like all right I'm just gonna get the end of this chapter totally when we lived in um Boston we lived in this apartment that overlooked our parking lot and I would often see my husband I could, you know, if I was making dinner in the kitchen, I could see him come in, pull into the parking lot, and then he'd just sit there for like 15 minutes. I remember, especially when he was listening to all of Shannon Hale's books, which are done with full cast audio mm-hmm. and are really amazing. And, you know, Tony said, it was so good, I just couldn't even turn it off. So, <laughs> and that's what you mean. Oh, that's so funny. Um, okay, so you mentioned a few books that you enjoy. Are there any others that you're either excited to read or that you really loved recently? Just any other, um, I don't want to say like adult books, but you know, young adult, adult books that you as a adult human being would read without your children? <laughs> you know that's a real book person when you're so careful to be like, young adult books are for everyone. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Which is good because the next one I'm going to mention is actually also a young adult book. Um, this was my number one audiobook recommendation last year that was just so fun is My Lady Jane. Um, it has three authors, and I can't think of the name of anyone, any of them, um, but they, the narrator was Catherine Telgren, who I, am, I was just so devastated when she passed away. Um, I just loved her so much. I thought she was just 
you know, everybody always talks about like Jim Dale mm-hmm. as, you know, the narrator, the end all narrators. I feel like that about her. I mean, she just brings every book to life. When I when we lived in Boston and I was driving back and forth to my elementary schools, which is about a thirty minute commute, I listened to almost the whole um, Bloody Jack series, if you're familiar with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time there were like eight books, I think it ended up being like eleven or something in the series. And she narrates those and she, that's where I was first introduced to her and she is such a master. And my lady Jane, as I you know, I listened to about thirty seconds of that and I had to stop and I I thought, This has gotta be her. She has such a a distinct voice and such amazing, funny ways of of narrating things and all these voices that she does. That book, if you're looking for something to listen to that will just make you laugh your face off, My Lady Jane is so good. And there's a, actually a new one that just came out, um, uh, My Plain Jane, which is, uh, I didn't even tell you a darn thing about My Lady Jane, if you're not familiar with it. It's a, totally spoof retelling of um, Lady Jane Grey who was Queen of England for like 11 days and then killed Mm -hmm. um, I think beheaded so you know very tragic story and they make it just this like so funny story where people are turning into animals and you know it's these like magical powers so apparently King Henry VIII you know, actually many of his wives died because he turned into a lion and would eat them when he was angry. Uh, you know, and it's just so ludicrous. And they just made it work. And it's just so funny. And so I'm very excited to listen to the new one, uh, My Plain Jane, which is a spoof on um, Jane Eyre. Um, although I'm really sad they've had, obviously had to get a new narrator because Catherine Kellegren's passed away. Um, and I have not read that one. I'm on, I'm on hold for it on my Libby app right now. I- I have to tell you, you you know, you said from us, we're obviously true book people because we made sure that everyone knows that we feel that YA books are for everyone. You're a true audiobook person because you spent three minutes talking about a book and it was just about the narrator. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh. oh, my audiobook nerd is showing. <laughs> okay, so before we let you go, can you just remind everyone where they can find you online and, and all that good stuff just to make sure people can track you down because I cannot recommend your your website and your Instagram account highly enough. So just remind people where everyone can find you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, My blog is everyday-reading.com and then on Instagram it's at everydayreading and on Facebook it's everydayreadingblog. So pretty easy to find me and all the book nerd happiness you could ask for. (laughs) So I always love to talk about books. This is like vacation to get to talk to you guys this morning oh all right well you, you know you're saying that now we're probably going to make you come back a few times yeah because sure. we loved this so thank you so much for joining I us love today. it too awesome thanks so much Hanson. have a great morning readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.